All right, welcome back for another great episode of Talk to Tatiana. And uh, today I have a great guest with me, Laura Jagged. Welcome to the show. It's so great to have you here. Thank you, Tatiana. I'm happy to be here. Awesome. So, Laura, tell us a little bit about who you are and what you do and where in the world are you? My name is Dr. Laura Jagged, and I am in Las Vegas. I was actually born and raised here and have lived most of my life here. I am a chiropractor, and I practiced as a chiropractor for 28 years. My office was shut down in 2020 uh, due to COVID, and I took that opportunity to start a new business called How to Life, which is a series of YouTube videos and a podcast that's geared towards the younger, newer adults to help them learn how to maneuver through adulthood. I don't know. I remember when I was young and I have uh, four children, three of whom are in their early 20s. And I know when they come up against something that there's intimidation, there's some fear because they don't know the language or definitions or what they're supposed to do. So my goal is to help take the fear out of adulting. That's awesome. I love that. And for kids, I mean, that's a lot. Yes. You got your hands full. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, um, Laura, can you talk a little bit about how you've become an entrepreneur? What was, what was your journey like? Where did you start? How did you make the transition and kind of where you went from there? So in my case, I just went to school. I, you know, I did what my parents told me to do. I went to school. I went to grad school. And I had no break. I didn't do any of the backpack through Europe or anything. Uh, and so then when I got out of school with my doctorate degree, I was 25 years old, but I had no life experience. And uh, I just kind of got thrown, thrown into the adult world. I'm like, okay, go. So I <laughs> got a job as an associate doctor for a couple of years, uh, which also in and of itself was intimidating, but got some experience talking to people, learning how to treat people. And then uh, we moved back to Las Vegas and decided to start our own business. And that was our first venture into entrepreneurship. And I was completely unprepared. I didn't know about SBA loans or signing leases or uh, all the things that go into uh, a business outside of what I was trained in, which was how to be a chiropractor. So uh, that was a learning curve, but it ended up being a successful one. And you know, I did it for 28 years. That's awesome. Um, and after, you know, this transition out of the chiropractor, I mean, what prompted you? I mean, besides COVID, and I, I understand that you just took this opportunity to retire from your profession, your trained profession, and start a venture. What prompted you to do that um, in terms of like, where were you and why did mentally and kind of where were you psychologically? Where were, what prompted you to say, this is what I want to do? What was the kind of the last push into, into this new venture? Well, chiropractic is a very physical job. So I am actually moving people, lifting people, and it gets tiring. Also, there are only so many people I can see in a day. But I really enjoyed helping people and teaching and coaching and encouraging and helping and fixing. And a few years prior to that, I'm like, I don't want to do this. I'm in my, entered my fifties and I'm like, how long can I keep, you know, lugging people around? But I still am young enough that I've got some time left. So I was thinking, what could I do? And I actually wrote about it. I would write in my journal about what 
I wanted. I wasn't sure what it would be. I was open to any idea, but what I wanted my next career to be, my next pivot, so to speak, is I still wanted to help people. I still wanted to teach. I still wanted to encourage. I wanted to reach a global audience. I wanted to be able to do it from my home. So these were a lot of factors that I wrote down. And I was, and I actually wrote down, I am open to whatever will provide that for me, those sort of non-negotiables. And I just looked and listened and just waited. I was patient. I wasn't impatient. And so I continued with my chiropractic practice. Uh, I started lowering my hours. They got less and less. And then a couple of years before COVID hit, I came up with the idea of how to life. And when I thought of it, and it was a series, like it was a picture that led me to look to somebody's website which there are a few things that sort of uh, happened. And then all of a sudden it hit me. And when that idea hit me, it was, it was it. I can't even just, I can't describe it other than it was an innate knowing and an excitement that this is it. This is what is going to provide everything that I want it to provide. And it's for me, but the concept, which is um, you know, helping young adults, I'm like, surely somebody's doing this. So I started doing the research project process, which I'm very good at. I started researching, looking into things, looking up things. And everywhere, it didn't seem that this was filled. So I thought, it's for me. It was meant for me. The timing is perfect. And that is that was in 2018. I spent about three months uh, just researching. And I put in about 16 hours a day, and I didn't even feel it because I was so excited on such a roll and the momentum was there. I didn't feel hungry. I didn't feel tired. I just felt excited. So I knew that it was going to lead me towards uh, making videos on YouTube. By the way, I was not a consumer of YouTube or podcasts or the social media world at all. I wasn't at all, but I knew that's where I was going to head. And in the past, whenever I had an idea, uh, if when I came to the part that I don't know how to do that to get to the idea, I would say, well, I can't do it. And I would turn around. But this time, I thought it doesn't matter that I don't know the steps right now. I know where I want to go. So I'm just going to take the steps I can do at this moment. And then once I get through that, I am sure that the next step will appear before me. And that is exactly what happened. So I did what I could do, what I was good at and what I was comfortable with, which was at that time, just researching and planning and plotting. And then when it came time to record my video, I came to a screeching halt because this knowledge I had in my head that you don't know how to do this uh, hit me. So rather than be discouraged, I, I was discouraged and I was a little disappointed in myself. You know, there's a lot of feelings that entrepreneurs who tend to be go-getters and perfectionists to a certain extent, <laughs> uh, you know, we feel uh, like we I failed, but I, I didn't do that. I think it's just because I've reached this awareness that there is no failure. I'm just going to find another way around. So I decided I made it okay with myself at that time that I can still watch and learn. So I started watching people on YouTube. I started watching not for what they were telling me, but for how they they gave the content over, how they produced it so that I could learn. I looked at YouTube thumbnails, all the little things that I never really noticed before and started making notes there. Uh, when the one-year mark came, when it was approaching from the idea, 
that's what was the fuel. I've said, there's no way I'm going in a year and not putting something out. So I made it a goal in January that by March, I think it was 14th, I will put the first video out. So March 2019, on the day that the idea hit me, I put my first video out. And there were a lot of tears that went into that video. <laughs> a lot of fears, a lot of tears, a lot of nerves. But I put it out there and the, it was such a relief that it was done. And I, I reveled in that for about 10 minutes until I realized, oh, I've got to do another one. So I think 2019, I just put maybe 10 videos out. It was slow, but it, it was it was forward progress, even though it was slow. And then uh, 2020 hit. I had a ton of time on my hands and absolutely no excuse as to why it could not be done. So I just delved into it. And here we are today. Uh, the 24th of this year will be one year since my podcast launched. Nice. Congratulations. Thank you. And thank you for sharing. This is a great story. I really enjoyed it. Um, and uh, my question, my next question for you is, when you first started your own practice, and we've kind of briefly talked about it before we started recording, but um, when you first started your chiropractic practice, when you first started being your own boss, were there anything that surprised you in a way, in a sense that something that you did not expect or did not want to be doing that you kind of realized that you have to be doing? Yeah, uh, yeah everything that my... Uh parents or my teachers had done for me in the past. Now I was suddenly, I had to do it. There was no one to blame or ask questions for. It was completely on my own. So I, you know, money, bookkeeping, taxes, that's a big fear area for me, Tatiana. And I know that's your specialty, <laughs> but I have no fear of the human body, but I have a lot of fear of money and taxes. And that's something that I had to face and take on and just, and learn you know, so, so many things to learn how to even interact with people, how to interact with patients, how to assert your authority in a genuine way, not in a, a boasting or an imposter syndrome type of way. It's, it was, a, it was a learning curve, but you know, we just got through it. <laughs> yeah. And I like, I like what you've said. Um, um, I often just recently, actually, maybe a year or so ago, realized that every single profession, every single job has the part that makes it worth it, maybe, and has the part that you hate. So think about painting. I love, you know, using a roller and painting, a, um, you know, um, I don't know, um, a wall, but um the preparation, the taping, the blue tape and everything else. I hate that. Mm -hmm. Same thing with accounting. I hate certain things of the profession. And I'm sure it's the same thing with chiropractic where you've just started out and you mentioned that you needed to learn how to um, really talk to people. It's as simple as that, how to communicate with them, how to um, tell them what they can do, what they um, cannot do what they should do, what they want to be healthy or whatever, or all of the above. And so thanks so much for sharing that. It's really, I think it's really powerful. And, um, a lot of people need to learn that. And what I did like what you've said, what really is goes to the core of what I do is you said that you just faced and dealt with the numbers and taxes and accounting and everything. And that's exactly what I 
preach is to face your numbers early. And so I, I really appreciate you saying that. I really like that. So well, what's you. the alternative? If you if you hide under a rock, it's just going to get big. And then it's going to be this monster that you're not going to know how to tackle with. Yes, it's better to get out ahead of it. Even if you have fear, you can figure it out yourself or you can hire somebody to help you or hire someone to teach you. There's always an answer. Uh, one yeah. of the things that I hated with chiropractic was the, the paperwork. Uh, we did a lot of, um, in, in the beginning, we did what's called personal injury. So we treated a lot of people that were in car accidents. So there were lawyers and insurances and other doctors that were involved. And there was a ridiculous amount of paperwork. And although, you know, we made a lot of good money, the paperwork for at, towards the end was not worth it for me. And I sort of lost... Um, I lost track of what I liked about chiropractic, which was helping people get better because the paperwork was a giant mountain. So I actually uh, quit for a few years. I tried to anyway. It was too early. And uh, I went back because I still had to work, but I did it differently this time. I went back. I opened a cash-only practice. I didn't take any personal injury cases because you're required to do paperwork if you do that. So it was cash basis, no insurance. I treated you. You didn't have to get permission to come to my office. I didn't have to get permission on how I could treat you. So that made it fun for me again. So if you have a job that you love doing, but there's an aspect that you hate, you have to weigh both sides. And you don't have to give it up because one aspect you don't like, you just find a way around it. And so I practiced for about seven years, cash only. I had a wonderful practice with wonderful patients, and there was a lot of good vibes and healing going on and no paperwork. That's awesome. <laughs> See, you just have, I think that the, the core of what you just said means or tells me that we really, and you've kind of touched upon it in, in the beginning, we really need to be clear on the, on the non-negotiables, things that are just, just don't work for us. So like for me, it's not working weekends. Um, for me, it's being location independent. I have a virtual practice. And same thing for you. You've mentioned that as well. So once, once you're clear on that non-negotiable, either you hire someone to deal with the paperwork as a chiropractor or you just become a cash-only yeah. um, doctor and that's it. Of course, you know, you need to have some experience to figure out what your non-negotiables are. But once you figure it out and you ask yourself, you know, I, I once did a podcast episode on when you don't know what to do, what to do when you don't know what to do. And my answer is ask yourself, like write it out pros and cons, because no one knows what's best for you better than you. And I think as a child, I don't know where it happens. We get talked out of uh, listening to our own intuition, you know, trusting that we know what's best for us. So I encourage everyone, I encourage my own children when they ask me a question, I always say, what do you think about it? What's the first thing that comes to your head when you think about it? Because it's teaching them to tune into that inner knowing. It's so important in life. Yeah, absolutely. And I've certainly been, you know, I didn't grow up in this country, but I've certainly been, I guess, um, didn't learn to really understand the intuition i came to believe that i don't have it <laughs> and then i read this book this was a couple of years ago i read this book called the gift of fear which i think every parent needs to read and, and understand and teach their children and have their children when they are um you know 17 18 read it and 
will really remember it. But that book is about, it was, it was written by the former um, Secret Service agent. He served under, I think, three presidents. And he, when he was a child, he you know, grew up in a um, domestic violence. His mom was violent. And he made a high-stakes prediction, and he was right. His mother was pointing a gun at the whatever stepdad and stuff like that. And um, he, but he read her like body language and he saw like, he was like, she's going to shoot. So he ran for his sister, got her out of the house and stuff like that. And then he talks about the cases since then he's built a practice, private security, um, threat assessment and that kind of stuff. But what I really liked what he, um, talked about in this book that you just mentioned, um, was that our brain is programmed to protect ourselves. And sometimes our brain, our five senses pick up signs that we don't register um, and that we should trust it. And ever since I read this that book, I really started trusting my intuition again. Yeah. Because I was like, you know what? My brain doesn't want anything bad to happen to it. It's so. true. We are programmed to survive. So, But sometimes we get talked out of it or we are very passive. We don't want to be, we don't want to hurt anyone's feelings or look like we're mean. Uh, you you have to override that. And by the way, you can assert yourself without being mean. It's an art, but yes, yeah. you've got to put yourself first and protect yourself. Yeah. And yeah, and, it, and it, it's applicable, I think, to both physical safety and emotional safety and psychological safety and everything 100%. in between. So yeah, I, I re- I'm really happy that you touched on it. Um, so, um, tell me a little bit about what is your goal for the transformation for this new business that you've started? Meaning where does this person start your ideal client and where do you see them on the exit, so to speak? Okay. Uh, well, I'm going to talk about the YouTube channel cause I started that first. Sure. So I make that, I make those videos, for people who go to Google and say, how do I turn on a gas stove? You know, and my goal is to give them, I, I did a video on that. It's about three minutes. I don't talk about the whys. I'm just like, here is how you do it. And my goal is for them to go there, see it, apply it themselves. They can follow it step by step. And once they do it themselves, whatever it is, they're like, oh, I know how to do this now. I don't have to worry about that. I brought up the gas stove one because a lot of people who have commented on it are mostly, I'd say teenagers who their parents are out and they want to make themselves something to eat and they're afraid. They're afraid of gas. They're afraid of, you know, something bad's going to happen. And it's so cute because they'll write comments about, I was so afraid to do this. Thank you so much for showing me how to do this. It makes my day when I get those comments because that's what I want. I want them to master something and then have no more fear about it because they know how it works, how to do it. And that's my whole goal is to diminish fear about anything. Anything I put out, that is the goal, whether it is how to get out of debt. I don't want you to have fear. How to get insurance, like what it is, why you need it. How do you get it? What types are you supposed to get? I did a whole episode on that. uh, And we talked about the different types just so that they know what the language is. Because I remember specifically about insurance when I'm like, oh, I think I'm supposed to have insurance on my car. Uh, And my parents didn't tell me this. And I don't know why I didn't ask them. I just didn't. 
but I remember they're saying, okay, well, what sort of uh, premium, what sort of deductible you do you want? And I'm like, I, I don't know what deductible means. What does that mean? So uh, that's, I think of, of the questions I had when I was younger. And I think of the questions I know that my kids don't know. And I try to make it very basic, very non-threatening and super encouraging. So I want them. That's, that's the goal at the end after they listen to or watch some of my content is to say, oh, I got that. Check. On to the next thing. Awesome. And because um, kind of as we wrap up here today, what, um, what's one piece of advice you could give someone who's listening who, let's say, is in the position that you've described? Do they are maybe have fear or concern or all of the above? What would be one piece of advice that they can walk away with from today's episode? I would say ask questions. No one is going to judge you. No one is going to say to your face, you don't know that. Are you stupid? No one is going to do that. When you ask someone a question, uh, most people, the great majority want to help. Most people are helpers. And you just, if you sincerely say, let's say you're at work and you ask your your boss, um, I really want to get up to speed so that uh, I can do the best job for you. Can you take some time and walk me through this or go over or define these terms? Those people are going to be more than happy because they see that you really want to learn this and they want you to learn it for you know whatever they may need. They're going to give you that information. If you're in school, teacher's job is to teach you, especially if you come to them with an earnest question and it's sincere. You really want to learn it and your mind is open to receive the information they're going to do that. So try to try to not be afraid or feel sheepish about it. There's really no need to feel that way. Awesome. Thanks so much. And where can people find and connect with you? I mean, the links that you provided uh, will certainly be posted below the video and also in the show notes for the podcast. But uh, just uh, talk a little bit about where they can find you and what they can be looking for. Right now, my website is howtolife.com. And on the website, I house both all of the podcasts and all of the YouTube videos, which I call Mominars, by the way. A Mominar is a seminar given by a mom. That's me. (laughs) So they are all there. So you could just go to that site and find everything you need. My podcast, How to Life, is on all the platforms. Uh, The YouTube channel uh, is How to Life as well. I'm on LinkedIn. You can follow me on Instagram at Laura Jagged underscore how to life. And right now everything's there. I'm in the process of developing a course about how to prepare yourself for anything, whether it's school, marriage, parenthood, entrepreneurship. And it starts with foundations of gratitude, um, meditation, how to self, how to appreciate yourself, how to fortify yourself so that you are in the best feeling place you can be before you approach all of those things. So look for that coming up soon. Awesome. Awesome. Thanks so much, Laura. Thanks so much for being a great guest and sharing your journey. I love different stories and because they're all unique and every person has their own journey, both in entrepreneurship and in life. And I really love that. I really love um, hearing those stories. And, um, and um, you know, I'm really fascinated. Uh, I was really fascinated to hear yours. Thanks so much for being, being a great guest. Thank you, Tatiana, for having me on. It was a great pleasure.